Amen. Present your Bibles unto the Lord. This is the Word of God. This is the word of God. I love the Word of God. The Word of God will work in my life. But I must study and work the Word. Amen and amen. I have three scriptures for you all to go to. So we're starting in the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter. We're going to be reading verse 35 to 41. The Gospel of Mark, the fourth chapter, verse 35 to 41. Okay, when you have it, speak to me, Lord. We got somebody that says, speak to me, Lord. Anybody else? Okay. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall, that's a storm, came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? So he got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Peace, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still not, do you still have no faith? And they were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Mark 6, flip over a couple pages. Mark 6, you'll understand all of this shortly. Mark six forty seven to 52. You got it? Later that night, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. Shortly before dawn, he went out to them, walking on the lake. He was about to passed them by. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. They cried out because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. For they had not understood about their loaves, about the loaves, and their hearts were hardened. Matthew 14, you're going to have to keep all of this in your mind. Matthew 14, we're going to look at verses 22 to 33. Matthew 14. You have it, speak to me, Lord. 22. Immediately, 
immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against him. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus said to them, immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Amen. We just sang a song entitled, Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. And I have taught you something, and God is teaching me the same thing, that there are three places or three different seasons that we are often in in our life. That there are three places or three different seasons that we are in in our life. That is, we're either, one of the seasons is, we're either just coming out of a storm, we're currently in the middle of a storm, or we're about to enter into a storm in our life. Now I want you to understand and realize that there's no time frame as far as how long the storm will be, and there's no time frame between one of the storms and another of the storms. You understand? But God said that you have to understand and expect this in life. You're either just coming out of a storm, you're currently in the middle of the storm, or you're getting ready to get, it, uh, getting ready, thank you, Lord, to go into a storm. In our scripture text, we see three different accounts of storms that Jesus and his disciples are in. As soon as uh, the first one in Mark 4, Jesus had been ministering all day, and he was totally and completely exhausted. As soon as he finished, Jesus told the disciples to get on board the ship and go to the other side. As soon as Jesus got on board, he immediately went to the stern of the ship, flopped down on a pillow, and immediately fell asleep. That's how tired he was. Scripture says as he was sleeping and they were sailing along, all of a sudden a, a furious storm 
broke out on the sea. Now, on the Sea of Galilee, it's uh, very common for these sudden and violent storms to come up. So while Jesus is sleeping, a, a, a storm came up. And at first, the, the di disciples probably didn't want to bother him because they knew he had been ministering all day and he was tired. But then fear and anxiety overtook them. And they went to Jesus they shook him and said those infamous words, Lord, don't you care? This is out of the King James. Don't you care that we perish? In the NIV that we just read, it said, Lord, don't you care that we, we drown? So God said to tell you right now that that's one spot that he wants you to put on paper that we're going to talk about a little bit later. But first thing I need you to get in your, your thought pattern is the disciples are in the middle of a storm. And the first thing they said to him was, don't you care that we perish or don't you care that we are about to drown? Now, the next text that I gave you in Mark is approximately a year later. Some Bible scholars say it's like three to six months later, but it's a period of time later. When you go from Mark 4 to Mark 6, some scholars say it's a year later. Again, Jesus has been ministering, but this time when he's ministering, he's ministering to in a very difficult and a very personal time in his life. You say, Pastor, what do you mean he's ministering to a at a very difficult and personal time? Because if you read Mark 6, you will find out that his cousin, John the Baptist, had just been murdered. His cousin, John the Baptist, had just been put to death. And you would think because he was hurting and he was grieving, even though he was God in the flesh, that was still his cousin. And he still, we, we know like when Lazarus died, it said that when Jesus was at the tomb, that Jesus wept, Jesus cried, right? So we know that when John the Baptist, who was his cousin, okay, and his forerunner, all right, that when he was put to death, it had to have affected him emotionally. And he says to his disciples, let us go off to a quiet place and rest a while. Because he was emotionally exhausted. I need you to get this because I need you to understand the, uh, some of the things that happens when you're emotionally exhausted. Okay? So he said to his disciples, let's go off for a while and, and rest a while. But as, as they were on their way off to rest, the crowds of people continued to follow him. And Jesus turned and he looked at them. And in one place in scripture, he said he, they looked like sheep without a shepherd. And even though he was hurting, he put himself on the side so that he could minister to these people that were in need. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I need you to get that from your head to your heart because sometimes you can be hurting. Sometimes you can be going through. Sometimes your body can be said, I am totally and completely exhausted. But God says, I have a call on your life and you need to continue doing what I told you to do even though you're in pain. 
even though you're you're suffering and you're going through. So this is what our, our Lord did. Okay? So this is the day that he, when they were following him, that scripture says he fed 15,000. They said 5,000, but by the time you add the women and the men and the kids, at least fifteen to 20,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Now, I want you to remember he is emotionally exhausted, okay? He is emotionally hurting, but he takes the time to feed over 20,000 people because he put their need in front of his need. He put their need in front of his need. So the day is over. He says to his disciples, you get on the boat and you're going over to the other side. But I need to go and spend some time with my father in prayer. You get in the boat and you're going over to the other side. I'm going to disperse or, you know, get these people to go home. And once I got all of them gone, then I'm going up into the mountain by myself to pray. Now, I need you to picture all this. I need you to notice what it says in Mark 6. Mark 6, it said that the evening came. Okay, I like the way the King James Version put it better than how the uh, uh, NIV Version put it. So I'm going to read it to you. When evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. Get this. He saw the disciples straining with the oars, straining with the oars, but the wind was against them. Another storm had come up. About the fourth watch of the night, which is between 3 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning, Jesus goes to them walking on the lake. Now remember, he had been standing on the seashore. He could see the only God. There's a storm going on. He could see the disciples in the middle of the lake, straining on the oars, okay, because that's how they navigated the boat. But it was hard because the wind was blowing against them. But I want you to notice that Jesus did not intervene. What did Jesus do? Jesus said, I got to go up into the mountain and pray. Because Jesus is doing what is Jesus doing while they are oaring, while they are fighting the storm, Jesus is praying. While they are fighting the storm, while they are trying to navigate the boat, while they're trying to get out in the midst of the storm, Jesus is up in the mountain and he's praying. What was he praying? Was he praying for his strength in this? I'm sure he was. Was he praying for the safety of his disciples as they're out there in the middle of the lake, in the middle of the storm? I'm sure that he was. I'm sure that he was praying for you and he was praying for me. What I need to get you to see is when you're in the midst of a storm, you got to know that Jesus sees it because scripture says he saw them. That Jesus sees when you're in the midst of the storm. That is not that you, God doesn't know what's going on. And what is he doing? He is praying for you Amen. while you are in the midst Hallelujah. of the storm. Hallelujah. He is praying for you. And then scripture says about the fourth watch of the night. Mm-hmm. 
Now, this is, it gets a little tricky here. It says that Jesus starts walking towards the boat. In the midst of the storm, walking on the water. And scripture says in Mark 6 that Jesus looked like he was getting ready to pass them by. You remember that? We just read it. That he looked like he was getting ready to, that's it. He looks like he was getting ready to pass them by. And when I thought about that, I thought about the song that Tom just said, do not pass me by. Amen. We, we sing that all the time. And God said that's a song that we don't really need to sing. I like the beat and I like the message and so forth. But God said we never have to pray to him, Lord God, do not pass me by. Because when God sees us in the midst of the storm, you can believe that he may not come when you think he should be there, but he'll be right on time. Amen. We've heard that all of our life. Amen. We've heard that all of our life. Amen and amen. Now I want you to remember the first storm that they were in. When Jesus was asleep on the boat, what did the disciples say to him? I told you to remember it. Lord, don't you care? And God is showing them now when they're in the middle of another storm that he does care because he does not pass them by. But he comes and he intervenes. And scripture says that as he looks like he's going to pass by, that they're filled with fear. And they're filled with anxiety. And God said that is a tool of the enemy. When you are in the midst of a storm, Satan is going to attack you with fear and with anxiety. But you've got to understand, like God already showed us, that Jesus was on the shore, but he could see the disciples in the middle of the light, lake in the middle of the storm. So know that when you're going through a storm, that God sees everything that you're going through. I want you to understand that, my brothers and sisters in Christ. He's walking by, and he's walking on the water. And you can't get the gist of it. Until you go to Matthew and hear the rest of the story. That's why I had you read all three. Because you got to put scriptures together in order to get the whole picture. You understand? So at any rate, he acts like he's getting ready to pass by. They think he is a ghost, right? And he says to them, don't be afraid or take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. Take courage. It's me. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. I'm here with you to supply what it is that you're staying in need of. But in Mark, it doesn't say what happened next. But Matthew tells us that they were all frightened. And they were all afraid. And when Jesus said, it is I, Peter spoke up. Peter spoke up and Peter said, Lord if it's really you, I got to make a decision. If it's you, I can decide to stay in this boat that was made by human hands. I can stay in this boat. I can stay in this, this ship reeling and rocking. Or I can get out of the boat and come to you. And Jesus said to him, come. And Peter did something that nobody else in the world ever did. 
he got out of the boat and he started to walk on water. Now there's four points, and these are the points you got to write down. There are four points that we can learn from Peter getting out of that boat and walking on the water. There's four points that we can learn from all of these storms that are mentioned in Scripture. The first point that God wants you to learn is Jesus is not blind or removed from your problem. Jesus is not blind or removed from your problem. What God wants you to know and understand is that these men were in the midst of this storm on the boat because Jesus had told them to go. Did you, did you hear that? They were on the boat in the midst of the storm because Jesus had told them to go. God wants you to know that sometimes when you're following what God has told you to do, it's going to lead you in the midst of a storm. Amen. Do you understand? You're going to wind up being in the midst of, you say, but pastor, that doesn't make sense. That's not, fi- that's not fair. Why would God lead me into the midst of a storm? Why would God allow me to be in the midst of the storm? <coughs> Why would God allow us to go through this? God once said that the he, reason he allows it is because you have got to test your faith. faith. Your faith has got to be tested. You have got to see what's inside of you. You have got to see whether the strength that you always talked about you had, whether that strength was coming from you or whether that strength was coming from Almighty God. Jesus sent them out into the midst of the lake where the, where the storm was going to be raging the strongest. Amen. You think, I must not be in God's will. Amen. Listen to this. Amen. I must not be in God's will. Or the battle would not be so strong. Don, sometimes the battle is strongest when you are in the midst of God's will. Because Satan does not want you to be walking in the midst of God's will. So he's going to try and make it as hard as possible. Because he wants you to throw up your hands like that song. I almost let go. He's trying to get you to let go. Because when you stand strong in the midst of adversity, you can believe that God has all kind of blessings for you. We talked about that yesterday in Bible study. The first point, God's not blind concerning your problem. God sees what you're going through. God is not blind to your struggle. God knows what your struggle is, is a gale. God is not blind and he is not not concerned, but he is allowing us in order to strengthen your faith. What is the second point? The second point is miracles happen when you're willing to step out in faith. Did you hear that? Miracles happen when you're willing to step out in faith. For hours, the disciples had exhausted themselves trying to get out of trouble. I mean, they were roaring for all their might, right? But the more they uh, rode, 
the more they got into trouble because the wind kept blowing against them. It was only after Jesus arrived that they got a reprieve from their storm. This is where Peter had that continued, had that um, to make a decision. Am I going to continue to struggle in a boat of my own making or I'm going to turn to Jesus for help and relief? Are you going to continue to struggle in a situation or a problem of your making? Are you going to continue to struggle in the situation or the difficulty of your making? Things that you did, things that you, are you going to continue to struggle in that? Are you going to turn to Jesus for help and relief? That, that's, your, that's your question. Who are you going to turn to? Amen? Peter decided it would be better to be in a storm with Jesus. <laughs> Listen to this. It's better to be in a storm with Jesus than to continue doing, this, doing things the same way without him. Get that? It's better to be in a storm with Jesus than to continue doing things the same way without him. Okay, that's your choice. That's a decision that you have to make. You're in a storm. Are you going to continue doing what you've been doing? Are you going to get out of the boat? Are you going to take a step of faith? When you take a step of faith, miracles happen. If Peter had not stepped out on faith, he never would experience the miracle of walking on the water. God is saying to you, you got to take a leap of faith. Hallelujah. You got to tell what what is your situation? You got to take a say Lord, I've tried so hard in this storm that I am in. I've tried doing this. I've tried Lord, I am making the decision today I'm not going to do anything without you or without Amen. your instruction. Amen. Amen. I'm going to allow you to guide me. Amen. Not what I want, Amen. not what I think. Not how I can rationalize it. Lord, I'm tired of being in this storm. And I'm tired of fighting this battle on my own. So, Lord God, I'm asking you for you to take over. Okay? Jesus warned his disciples. Scripture says that when Peter... Oh, thank you, Lord. Point number three. Point number three, and this one is very important. Point, point number three is very important. Faith requires focus. Faith requires focus. When Peter stepped out of the boat, he walked on the water by the power that Christ gave to him, right? But when he saw the wind and the waves, he got afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. So the point for you to see this morning is, when Je Peter took his eyes off of Jesus and focused on the dangers around him, he began to sink, and so will we. Faith requires focus. Who, what is it that you're focused on? Are you focused on your problem? Are you focused on your situation? 
Are you focused on yourself? Are you focused on your wants and your... But God said, if your focus is on the wrong place, you're going to fall. Amen. You're going to fail. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Jesus warned his disciples. He said, in the world, you're going to have tribulation. Amen. In the world, you're going to have problems. In the world, you're going to have situations that come up. But he said, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. When you keep your eyes focused on Jesus, that's where you'll get your peace from. You won't need anything or anyone else for peace. Jesus will be your source of peace. That's where you'll get your power from, your hope from. That's where you'll get your protection from. And one thing I need you to get from this, when Peter started to sink, Jesus didn't let, his hand, didn't let him go. When Peter started to sink, Jesus could have said, you should have stayed in the boat, didn't nobody. You know, you asked to come out here. You asked to grow a little... <laughs> Stronger in the Lord. Lord, I'm going to be a, a little stronger in, the, in you. I'm going to be a little closer in you. You're going to go through some stuff. Because you're not going to get stronger and be closer just by everything being all easy. It doesn't work that way. We pray to God for strength. How do you get strength? By having problems. You don't need strength if you don't have any problems. But notice when Peter started to sink, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. He immediately reached out and grabbed him. And God said, when you're going through, if you start to sink, when you're going through and you're trying to get closer to me, if you run into a storm that's too hard for you, I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm going to reach out. And I'm going to pull you Amen. out of that storm. Amen. Yes, because I don't want you fighting the battle in your own strength. Thank I want you to fight the battle in my strength. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank Point you, Lord. number four. I'm getting ready to let you go home. Thank you, Lord. What did they do? Y'all going to tell me what point number four is. When Peter and Jesus got back to the boat. Once Jesus grabbed his hand, they got to the boat, they got inside the boat, and it said immediately the storm stopped. Immediately the storm stopped. What did they do? What did the disciples do at that point? We just read it in Matthew, so I'm going to let you look at it again, so I'm not going to give you the answer. Matthew 22, 33. I mean, 14, 22 to 33. It was down like the 32nd, 33rd verse. What did they do? They worshiped. They worshiped him. They were. Why do you think Satan tries to keep you out of the church? Why do you think Satan tries to keep you from coming out and worship with other believers? Because worship is an antidote to anxiety. 
Worship, write it down. Point number four. Worship is an antidote, a remedy, whatever words you want to use, to anxiety. When you're anxious in the middle of your storm, whether you, whatever it is you're going through, when you start worshiping God, it will bring that peace that God talks about in Philippians that surpasses all understanding. That's why we come to church to worship our God and to get peace in the midst of the storm. Okay. God, I want you to notice something here. It said the gospel of Mark says that they did not understand about their loaves and their hearts were hardened. Okay. What does that mean? Remember just before they got on the boat, they had just finished feeding 15, 20,000 people. Scripture says they didn't understand the miracle that God had done. And their hearts was hardened. So that's why God allowed them to go through this storm that they were going through. What does that mean that their hearts were hardened? They forgot. the When they were in the storm, they forgot the goodness of God. Amen. Oh, honey, you, you need to get that one. When they were going through the storm, they forgot the goodness of God. They forgot his promises. They forgot the miracles that he had already performed in their lives. And that is the same thing if you look at whatever you're going through now and any place that you've been recently as far as your spiritual uh, battle is concerned, when you forget how good God is, when you don't meditate on how good God is, when you forget the promises of God, how God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. When God said, I'll provide all your needs uh, uh, with my riches from glory. When God says, I'll make you the head and not the tail. And they forget the miracles that God already did in their life. Mm. Mm. Look what you did for me before. Amen. And Amen. now my heart has been hardened because I forgot. No, no, and sir. that is the reason and that is the the uh, purpose of going into worship yes, to soften your heart mm. so that you can remember the things that God has done for you before. Amen. I want you these points that God has given you this morning. Pray over them. No matter what stage of life you're in now, what season whether you're coming out of a storm, whether you're currently in the middle of the storm, or whether you're getting ready to go into, into a storm. Put these points into practice. Don't just take the notes and write them down and put them into practice. And God will calm the raging seas of your life. Amen. And remember, the title of the sermon is God Got gotcha. You. God's Gotcha. God's gotcha. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, God sees you. Whatever it is that you're going through right now, God has a plan for what you're going through. Get Stop the struggle in the boat. Get out of the boat and get into Jesus. Amen. 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 Let us pray. 
Father God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus. Lord God, I just magnify and glorify your holy and your righteous name. Yeah, right now I'm in a storm. But I also know that this too shall pass. Whatever it is we're going through. This too shall pass. And I know you got your eye not only on me. As that old song uh, Mahalia Mahalia Jackson used to sing, if his eye is on the sparrow, Mm -hmm. I know he watches me. The disciples found Jesus asleep on the boat in one of the storms. And they asked that ridiculous question, Lord, don't you care? And Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves and said, peace, be still. In the name of Jesus, as we go into our invitational hymn, it's peace, be still. Whatever it is that you're going through in life. Amen. God is saying, peace, be still. We had to go back, had to go back a long ways. But this song was just too perfect for this sermon not to include it. Some of you younger people may not have heard this song, but listen to the words. Master. The tempest is a storm. A tempest is a storm. It's the wind and the waves. The billows are the waves. The billows are the waves. The sky. Oh, yes. There's no shelter. Yes, listen to these words. Care thou not that we perish? Is that what the scripture said? How can you lie here asleep? How can you lay here sleeping? Don't you care? It seems like each moment. Oh, yes. So many. It's threatening. Oh, a grave, a grave, a grave. Oh, I love this song. Read. Get up, Jesus. That's it. Get up, Jesus. The wind and come on, y'all, you know that the waves obey. Let me hear you. Come on, sing this. I think the words are up there. Yeah, peace. God's speaking peace to your heart right now. Whatever it is you're worried about, God is speaking peace. Oh, hallelujah. 
else. Oh no, ain't nothing gonna take me out. Only God. Yes. The master, the master. Of all. And earth and sky. And all too sweetly. <laughs> Obey thy will. Peace. Peace, Michael. Peace, Sheree. Peace, Katrina. The wind and the waves. Peace, Gregory. Peace, your Felice. Shall obey you. Peace, David. Peace, my Nidera. On her new job. Peace, be still. Be still. That's the stuff. You have to. I do that all the time. When there's a storm, a literal storm, I do this. I speak to that storm. And I'll say, peace be still. And God calms it. Yes. No demon, no nothing. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. The master. And uh, if he's a master of all of that, let him be the master of your life too, right? Let him be the master of your life. I love you, Lord. Oh, I love you so much. Peace be still. We're going to just let the song run into the next next song as we prepare our tithes and our offering. But before we do that, is there anyone that needs prayer that wants to come to the front? Is there anyone that stays in need of prayer? Amen. Brennan, very good. Have a seat. Uh, Desiree, I need you to get my oil. David, I'm going to ask you to come up and anoint him and to pray for him. Give him the oil. Brendan stands in need of prayer. All of us stand in need of prayer. You can talk to him and find out if there's anything specific. Amen. 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 